0: Welcome to the Everyday Ironman podcast, where we talk to real athletes just like you and me that are working to complete an incredible goal. My name is Mike Bosch, and I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast returning guest and recent finisher of Ironman Arizona, Kat Hamburger. Kat, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you. Glad to be back. How are...
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you back on the podcast. And we joked a second ago. Well, we're gonna go ahead and be transparent. This is take two. This is our second attempt. We started a conversation last night and I'd like to blame it on the internet, but it's 50-50 that I might have hit a button wrong. Uh, but we had some we said some incredible conversation, but Luckily, we caught it uh, before too long, so I still didn't get the full story. So we're gonna go. So we're gonna start over. Sounds good, right? That sounds good. good. So, um, just to kind of catch everybody up, because this is your second um, official um, uh, time on the podcast, and we're not gonna count last night. This is your your second official time, but you were on the podcast. on episode 65, you were actually, and I looked it up. It actually aired on my birthday last year. Yep. September 23rd, 2022. So if you're out there listening to the podcast and you're, uh, you're not familiar, which I don't know what rock you would be living under if you're unfamiliar with who Kat is, but, uh, go back and listen to the episode. And she you'll, you'll be all caught up on how she got introduced to triathlon. And at that time, Kat, you were preparing to race, Memphis 70.3. That's right. Right. And so you've had quite a lot happen between then and now you want to like really quickly hit some highlights of what you've accomplished.
1: Yeah. Um, as far as triathlons go, you know, I, I've done some, I did some locals, but then I did Memphis, which is what we talked about, you know, as, as I was preparing for it, um, in the last podcast. And then I did, Ironman Texas, where I met you in yep. person, that was exciting. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. um, so actually, that was seventy point three Texas. Let's not confuse yeah, that with, yeah. <laughs> with yep, yep, um, yep. actual full Ironman. Um, and then I, uh, on a whim, signed up for seventy point three Des Moines two weeks before that that's event, right. just because I could, because <laughs> I had a discount yeah. code. <laughs> so
0: yeah. So so what was more exciting, Cat? Uh, um, racing Texas 70.3 or actually meeting me, uh, prior to the race? Like, is it, is it a coin flip well, I don't or know. is It's it- a
1: toss up, you know?
0: <laughs> <It's a> t- <laughs> 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 yeah, that was, that was a great day. I actually met, uh, Ryan Kate, yes. uh, as well. And he and I, um, he, he literally walked right in front of me. Uh, and I sent him a message through Instagram. I'm like, dude, are you at 70.3 Texas? Cause at the time I thought he was still living in Atlanta. Right. I didn't realize he had moved to, uh, Austin, which he's now living in California, but anyway, and then he and I both were cheering for you as you came out of the water. Yes. I
1: saw you guys and you know, he's got that very red hair. So I definitely, I, I, I saw him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and my shiny, uh, bald, uh, <laughs> scalp, <laughs> I was deflecting the rays of the sun that That's day. That's right. Uh, that is too funny. Well, cool. And then of course, uh, Des Moines, you did on short notice, you said with your coach, right. And how, how was that? I mean, was that a, was that a, was that a nice race venue? I've heard good things.
1: Um, It was okay. There were lots of, uh, hairpin turns on the bike course that I didn't care for. Okay. And because it was so windy, some of those turns, I mean, like people were like unclipping and just super slow, going super, super slow as they're making. I actually saw a couple of folks get hit by crosswinds and they actually went over on some of those turns. Oh Um, my goodness. So so I didn't love the bike course. It was like totally closed off to traffic and everything. So that was good. But it was just like lots of turns that, you know, I think most people didn't care for. But Um, I definitely like Memphis, the venue better than, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: well, we're going to, we might see each other in Memphis this year. We talked about that uh, last night (laughs) after, after our failed podcast attempt, uh, I'm leaning uh, towards Memphis at the end of the season. Um, but cool. Well, Hey, let's talk about Arizona. Let's talk about having, uh, cross the finish line, you know, spoiler alert, you finished, <laughs> um, but crossing the finish line, hearing those iconic words of you are an iron man. Um, so let's talk about, first of all, why we picked Arizona as our full distance race.
1: Yeah. So, so there's a couple reasons. Um, first off, it's not an ocean swim, I'm a pretty mm-hmm. bad swimmer, and uh there's no way I'm ready at least at this point. I don't feel like I'm ready to face the ocean and jellyfish and Lord knows what else is in the water yeah, um so because it was a lake swim you know at that okay. that that um was a plus for me and then on top of that, my um work has a headquarters in Tempe, and so you know mm. I could go down to Tempe and work out of that office for a few days and um, see some of the folks that that I work with in person, and meet with them in person, and you know have that type of interaction while I'm there. So, so it worked out. And on top of that, my coach has raced it 15 times, so he was full of advice for me.
0: <laughs> oh, so he did. He gave you all the uh, inside. That's baby. right. Um, so Arizona is in Tempe. I mean, iron. I know Arizona. Tempe is in Arizona, but Ironman Arizona is in Tempe. Right. Is seventy point three Arizona in Tempe as well, or is it in Phoenix?
1: Well, Phoenix and Tempe are kind of they're they're they butt up against each other's mind. you know. So, so oh it's, yeah. See, I didn't know that. So yeah, okay. I am I'm, I'm not sure. I know that the venue is a little different for seventy point three. Um, at least for okay. the bike course, I'm not sure. Like if the swim is in the same, I think I kind of think it is, but I'm not totally okay. sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. And so your uh, your coach had had uh, raced it fifteen times, so he had some insight. You had a uh, an opportunity to go out there mm-hmm. and see some teammates, which is always is always fun, mm-hmm. right? I also work for a company that has uh, offices around the country, and so whenever you or, or whenever I get to get out and travel and meet um, teammates that I don't get to see every day, that's always exciting. Yeah. I had that little bit of opportunity when when I went to Oregon, uh up in Seattle. Um so how far in advance then, Kat, did you get there? So the race was on Sunday, Sunday week ago as of the time we're recording. And when did you get into the area of Tempe? Um, prior to race how, how far
1: I flew in on the Tuesday before. So my plan right. was to come in, um, get my bike put together and have time to deal with that. If I messed it up, which would, you know, there was definitely a high likelihood of that. And then work out of the, the Tempe office for a few days do you know, so actually like just be a normal person at work and then, um, and then take, you know, a couple of days off at the end, like a Thursday and Friday off as leading oh, into nice. the race. So,
0: Nice. Okay. So you, you mentioned something there that I am always interested in and that was you, you had your bike with you, right? So you, um, you flew out there, which would have been one of the questions I would have asked. You got there on Tuesday and you had to put the back together. Um, so you didn't use dry back transport or any of those other things. Um, has, and you mentioned you did Des Moines and you did, um, Galveston and you did Memphis. And I don't know if you flew or you drove to those races. But I drove. Was this the first time flying with your bike?
1: I drove for all the other races. This is the first time I've ever flown with my bike and I was traveling alone. So I made it worse. <laughs> mm. So I'm not mechanically inclined. So. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: But you managed to put it together. I
1: did. I did. So. Did you already have, a, like you had, you planned
0: to, to fly the entire time? Did you have a, 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 a uh, a plan to take the bike on like did you have a case did you get a bag did you have to buy something or h- how did you, how did you get to that point
1: yeah so i so initially i'd planned to use tri bike transport um and you know as i contacted them they were like well we have to get x number of bikes i don't know, was like 4 or 6 signed up from the st louis area in order for us to drive through and pick up all those bikes. And so I, uh, you know, they, they, we don't have enough signups. And so we're not coming through St. Louis. And then my other option was to drive somewhere like Chicago, which is like five hours away to drop the bike off, which at that point, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. You know? So I, so I did some research, um, on, you know, I was looking for a case that required the least amount of disassembly because, I just the more the more disassembly the higher the risk of me completely screwing the bike screwing up the bike. So um, I ended up with the Schickon case, which is that soft sided case um, that a lot of triathletes use. All I have to do is take the wheels off, um, mm-hmm. left it in the box probably entirely too long, um, and then you know the week or so leading up to the race, I started freaking out like, oh my gosh, I need to figure out it. Barely take the front wheel off, and then you know the bike shop owner had, um, pity on me and he was like, <laughs> you just bring the case in and I'll show you how to do, use it. We'll figure out how to use it. I'll show you how to take your back wheel off and how to put it on. I'm like, yes, please. And so,
0: was oh so, so
1: kind that. of him and cause I didn't buy it from him. I ordered it. Right. So it was really kind of him to just, um, help me out, you know, and, That's uh, funny. So so I was able to get it all back to I mean, really, for, for you, you know, that you're you're very mechanically inclined is, is what I gather. And so that would have been nothing for you. But for me it was like it was terrifying. <laughs> so well yeah.
0: I mean, obviously we learn as we go And in a year from now, you're going to be a certified bike mechanic such wow. as I am. Um, that's just how, that's just how it goes. Um, but I think it, it is worth pointing out that in the world that we live in the everything's available online society, it is very important to make sure that we have that local rela- or that relationship with our local bike shop yes. because, um, Amazon couldn't help you with that situation. Um, right. right? And so, you know, definitely I'm not saying, you know, uh, just throw money around like it's raining or anything like that, but we definitely need to be responsible and supportive of our local businesses and things like that. So definitely uh, don't want to gloss over that. Um, so your, your bike, um, you have a road bike with clip-on bars. That's I know right. that from following you on Instagram and previous conversations, but I don't remember what kind of, what brand it is.
1: So I have a Cervelo R5.
0: Cervelo. Yeah. Okay. And you ride, you have a, tr- you ride on your trainer quite a bit and you also ride outdoors a lot. Yes. Is it always the same bike or do you have a different bike that you ride indoors?
1: No, I have my old Liv. I don't remember what model it was, but that's the first road bike I got. Um, prior to upgrading last year to the Cervelo. So I, I just have it sitting on my, uh, trainer, you know. Okay. So, so you're not constantly bike. taking it off, yeah. taking
0: it, p- putting yeah. it on that whole thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just again, trying to paint the picture. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we get to, uh, we get to Tempe, uh, in one piece. Uh, we get our bike put back together Tuesday. We meet with teammates. When do we start, uh, doing any sort of quote unquote, course reconnaissance? I mean, we know we, your, your coach gave you the ins and the outs and all that stuff, but when are you starting to experience it firsthand?
1: Um, I actually went out on Wednesday and for, you know, cause you know, everybody follows their coaches plans, right. For like taper and everything. So that I had a, Oh yeah. Like a 40 or 45 minute easy ride. So I asked, Another one of my Instagram friends, Nick and Sara, If I don't know if you follow him, but he, you know, had offered like he's like, "Hey, I live in Tempe. if Any questions? Or if you mess up your bike or whatever, you know." So I was just like, "Hey, where do I ride?" And so he, of course, I also don't read maps. So if you don't know that about me, most <laughs> of the directions, he's like, "Just go cut through the parking lots." And of course, you know, I went on the busiest road possible, and I ended up on this this paved trail, which is super nice, and it ended up being part of the run course. And so I actually was doing course reconnaissance initially without realizing it until I passed through, um, the, the Ironman village that they were setting. I saw them setting up I'm like, Oh, okay. So I I realized that that was part of the run course. So that was nice. I was accidental reconnaissance. So I did that on Wednesday.
0: (laughs) Cool. Yeah. It is always nice to have, uh, the opportunity to meet, uh, Insta friends, as yeah. you referred to them, right? Yes. As people that we've met through Instagram That's and you right. get to see them in person and stuff like that. Super cool. That was really nice of your, your friend. Okay. So Wednesday we do some, we get out, we get our, do a little bike shake out. We, uh, check out the run course. Um, talk me through Thursday, Friday and into Saturday.
1: Yeah. So actually Thursday I actually worked. Um, but I think okay. I, I'm trying to remember, I, I think I went for a short run on Thursday um, and then Friday I actually took off work and, um, that was when, um, one of my teammates was in town, one of his athletes, cause that he coaches. And then, uh, one of my friends that's all, also racing, we all decided to meet Friday when Ironman Village opened uh, to register to get, or to check in together. And so okay. the, that was super sweet because the volunteers got us four spots right next to each other. Um, nice. so obviously that just, that makes it that much more meaningful, right? Cause you, you can meet at, yeah. your, at transition, you, your bikes are all next to each other. You can, you know, so, so that was really, that was really cool. Um, so Friday after we checked in, uh, one of the girls and I went and rode the B line. So the B line is the, the main highway stretch that, um, that you ride on the bike course It's a three out three loop out and back. Um, you do that three times. And so it's a busy two lane highway, probably far too dangerous for you, us to be riding, but tons of people were <laughs> riding it because I think, oh, wow. you know, just riding on the shoulder, trying not to run over too much debris and, you know, get a flat and, uh, so we rode about 10 miles out and then back. And so about 20 miles, um, stupidly stopping to take pictures with cactuses and, um, you know, the, the backdrop of the mountains and everything like that. But, um, that was, so we got a taste for, you know, that main stretch. And, yeah. um, and then one of the other girls and I, uh, drove an hour and 15 minutes out to a, a lake and we did a quick swim in the cold water. Cause I'm terrified of the cold water. And so, that was great. So we did so we didn't That's funny. Friday. Yeah.
0: That is funny. So a couple of things I want to I want to kind of break down um is I I agree getting the sequential uh, bib numbers to where you have everybody in transition mm-hmm. um that you can kind of lean on for support and stuff like that is super cool. Now were were you guys uh for sequential numbers meaning you were on the opposite yes. side of the rack or were you every other? Cause we've, I've had that conversation with somebody and they're like, I almost wish I was like skip a number. Hmm. And then we're like next to each other on right. the same side versus the other side. I think it's just, it's personal preference. Yeah. So. I, I actually um, never thought
1: about that, but no, we were two on one side and two on the other. Right. So we were, gotcha. so we were forced to sequ- sequential numbers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which does make sense too, because you kind of have a little bit of a shared space. So I think there's pros and cons. It just depends on what your personal preference yep. is. And this cactus that you referred to now, I'm imagining one of those Joshua tree type <laughs> cactuses. Is that what it was? Like the thing that looks like a person from a distance or was yeah. this like
1: the the prickly round no, cactus it's a, with like, like the long big needles? Cactus. a cactus. I mean, there were lots of them. I We just... You know, probably not the wisest decision we've ever made, but we, they just look cool. And the 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 sad part is, we'd stop and we would try to take a picture with it, and the size of the cactus never came through on the in the picture. Oh, now you just look at the little cactus behind you, but really, it's giant. And um, we yeah. were just having fun.
0: So. Yeah, and when I think of Arizona, that's exactly the kind of cactus thing. Yeah, um, that I that I imagine in my yeah. head. So exactly. that, and I've been to Arizona a couple of times. Um, I don't know. I've been to Phoenix. There's another big, uh, city in Arizona and I can't think of the Sona? name of it, uh, that I've been to. Um, and maybe it's Tempe. I don't know. Um, you know, it all, it's just a blur. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know geography. Yeah. I just get on the plane. <laughs> That's right. I get off the plane when they tell me to get off the plane. Uh, you know how the deal goes. Okay. So you, you drove out to do a practice swim. Um, and I know from following you on Instagram for a couple of years now, I remember when you, when you first started learning how to swim, I know swim is something that you have worked really hard on and that you have been very, um, uh, transparent on Instagram. It's not the thing that you're the most comfortable, right? You're probably more comfortable running, more comfortable cycling, but you have, gotten, I mean, obviously you're so much stronger now in this water than you were before, but we all still have that anxiety. How did the practice swim go for
1: you? Well, horribly. Um, so coming off oh, of the, the swim on Friday, I thought, okay, the practice swim is going to be great. I mean, you know, cause you don't swim very long. You get in there for 10 to 20 minutes and you're done. Right. And so, um, I, you know, there were people freaking out, like, Right at the beginning. And so I wasn't the only one, but I got in there and I don't know what, I don't, I can't even tell you what caused me to freak out. I don't know. I just, mm. I just got frantic. My heart rate went up. And so I actually ended up having to, um, I did some, I just got on my back for a little bit, which then I immediately realized I can't sight. This is not the smartest thing to do right now with all mm. these people around me. So I flipped back over, um, swim with my head out of the water a little bit and then just like made my way over to the first kayak I saw. And I was hanging there with a couple other people that were freaking out as well. We were coming, you know, and finally it was just like, you just got to go, you got to go, you got to make it around yeah. those buoys and get back to the, you know, to the finish. And, and so once I got calm there, I was fine, but it's just like, I, I was so disappointed and upset with myself. that I was like, dang, you couldn't even get through that, whatever, 400 meter swim, you know? And, um, But the good thing is, I think, you know, is what came out of that was a plan for race day. Like if you, you know, so I was just like, I don't care if I freak out or not, no matter what, when I get in that water, I'm just going to paddle along with my head out of the water for a short while until I, until I'm, I know I'm calm. Um, And then I'll put my face in the water and introduce my face to the cold water. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and I didn't freak out at all during race day. And then I was watching the video that my sister took, um, at the swim start and every, well, not everyone, but a lot of people around me were doing literally exactly the same thing. So I did, I wasn't the only one that, you know, when you, when you get a little bit self-conscious, I guess, but you're like, you're the, I'm the only one that's going to be looking like, looking stupid, stupid with my head of water kind of paddling around. But really everybody around me was the same thing because they were trying to gather their you know, gather themselves before they actually like went at it. Right. So.
0: Yep. Yep. And so I want to make sure, um, that we're, that we're given all the information or painting the right picture. Obviously, um, we have listeners around the world, mm-hmm. right. And so, uh, it's, it's in the winter here in the United States, Arizona is a typically what I would refer to as a a hot climate, but it is still the winter time. And so it's not just the, the standard, you know, conditions that we're dealing with, the water temperature was pretty cold, you know, going into an iron, uh, any Ironman branded event or really any triathlon, it's always the conversation. Is it wetsuit legal? Is it wetsuit legal? Is it wets it's wetsuit legal, right? What was the water temperature cat?
1: I think it was like 67 or 66 or 66.5, maybe something like that. So it was pretty chill. Yeah.
0: So it was, it was chilly, right? It was on the low, low side of wetsuit <laughs> legal. I don't remember because I have never put myself in that situation, but it's probably not too far away from being a wetsuit mandatory, right? There's a window of yeah. uh, temperatures where you have to wear a wetsuit.
1: I think that's like mid to low 50s. or Is it is, that low? I think so, yeah. And I think okay. last year, my understanding was the water temperature was like 56 or 57 so it was almost 10 oh, degrees cooler and so so i was lucky honestly comparing so i'm you know getting stories from my friends that raised last year and i was so scared going into this but so i was like stalking the there's a website that shows you the temperature of tempe town lake and then literally every day i would refresh it i'm like okay it's staying steady mid to high 60s you know kind of thing
0: oh my god that is too funny. Yeah. And I know we, we went back and forth a little bit, uh, a couple of days before through text messages and you, you had some anxiety around the, the, the temperature of the water being too cold. Um, and I think there are definitely, I don't, it's not that, I think I know there are other athletes out there that have a similar, uh, concern. I would be one of those and I have loosely committed to doing, Oceanside in April, and it's likely going to be cold water. I think that's so than Arizona this year. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be cold. And so uh, I gave you what I thought was the best advice that I had at the time, which was I had heard, I think on the Crushing Iron podcast, which was pour water <laughs> in your wetsuit beforehand, let yourself warm up. But what you're saying is, and I want to make sure that we stop and kind of p- point it out is you elected to not put your face in the water initially until you let your body get used to a little bit. You kind of got some movement going. You had some level of comfort, your anxiety calmed down a little bit, and then you put your face in the water and started swimming in your, in your normal that's right. um, style.
1: Yeah. yeah. And and I think I think, that's- you know, I think it's different for everybody, but for me, you know, if you have your wetsuit on your, your torso and your legs and your arms are pretty well protected. I mean, even if you feel yeah. a little bit chilled, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty insulated, right? But it's the mm-hmm. exposed skin. So it's the face, the neck, the 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 hands and feet. And so, I mean, I'm sure you've stuck your face in cold water or somebody poured water on you. It's yeah. that initial shock where you just like, you take that, get, you gasp and your heart rate goes up. And so that's what I was trying to avoid is that initial like shock. And so I was just, like, paddling around and then I was like okay let me test it and put my face in the water and thankfully as soon as I put my face in I was fine like I didn't know if it would take me a couple tries you know because I was fully prepared to put my face in freak out a little bit and stick my face back out and and you know resume round two of sticking you know swimming with my face out but I didn't need to I just you know I was good and I just
0: yeah which which ironically is my normal swim style anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm probably well suited um, for the cold there water. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, so that was Saturday. Yes. What day was that?
1: That was Saturday. Okay, so that
0: was Saturday. So now we've we've gotten through our work week. We've done our recon. We got our practice swim in on course. Um. Is there any other? So I am guessing we did. Um, you already checked in, obviously. Mm-hmm. Did we do new new athlete briefing? Did we go to the pro? Was it a pro race? Was there a pro panel?
1: No, um, there wasn't any of that. Anything? I don't know that there was any pro. There were any pros racing.
0: Okay, yeah. So next big uh, point in the story is it uh, check in in the morning? Like, uh, well, I guess we'll back up. When did we do bike check in?
1: Uh, ch- bike check in was Saturday. So, so. Um, my friends and I, we met up for bike check-in as well. Um, actually, I forgot to tell you this. Um, so bike check-in, I did manage to mess up my bike a little bit. Not tons, but I, I know exactly what I did. Um, and I just, it was my own fault. So like if your wheel is off and you don't have one of those um, things.
0: Spacers. Yes.
1: And so I, I forgot to put the spacer in. um It wasn't when I was traveling. It was after. I I don't know why I took my wheel off or something. And then like I was, you know, but anyways, while the wheel was off, I think I probably accidentally squeezed the brake. And I didn't realize I'd done it, reseated everything, put the wheel back on. But when I, um, oh, I took it off to transport it in the car because I didn't have a van. I didn't have a bike rack because I had a rental car. So I took the wheel off. And I think somewhere in that process, I must've squeezed the the brake. And so when I got there, I put everything back together. I, you know, I realized I couldn't squeeze the brake um, all the way. It, it was still like responding, but it was, there was something rubbing obviously. And so uh-huh. thankfully there was, there were bike techs on site and, you know, for a nominal fee, they're happy to, <laughs> to take care of your, I knew exactly what the problem was. I just didn't really know how to fix it. And so, um, so anyway, so I had to, get in line and, you know, check the bike, you know, in a little bit later than everybody else. But, but they were able to, to get everything kind of, you know, working again and
0: like, that is too funny. $56 getter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: yeah. And see when you have, when you don't have fancy disc brakes, uh, like that, you don't have to worry Not about problem, those kind right. of things. <laughs> uh, I have uh, one time and it wasn't during a race. Uh, but, uh, in my lead up to Ironman, Texas, I had to do all of the things by themselves to convince my mind that I could do it. So I had to do a marathon. I had yes. to swim. I don't know that I did the full 2.4 miles, mm-hmm. but I swam two miles sure. and I rode a hundred miles on my bike. And I, uh, my, my, at the time I had an aluminum frame, uh, speed concept, but it had the rear brake, um, act, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's a caliber. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's a rim brake. Uh, But it was underneath the bottom bracket, and it shifted, and I didn't realize it. And so for the first 10 miles, I was just like, why is this so much harder than I expected? And I finally uh, pulled off and checked, and it had just rotated. And so one of the brake pads was rubbing Rubbing, against the rim. Yeah. And so luckily you noticed uh, it – prior to going out yeah. onto the bike yeah. course. And so you were able to get the tech to fix it for a nominal fee. Yeah. Um, because on race day, you don't have any cash on you. Right. <laughs> right.
1: Yep. Usually I would have just had to make it up as I went, you know, and deal with <laughs> that rubbing and yeah. Let's take a quick break.
0: Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? that's too funny okay so you got your bike checked in you did all your bag checks check ins yeah. on Saturday yeah
1: as- so so I Arizona they don't have anything I guess it's a clean transition so you, you know you have a two transition bags and then you have two personal needs bags and so um, I turned you were required to turn in the transition bags when you checked the bike in the personal needs bag came with you next day but then you had access to the the transition bags if you needed to add nutrition and to, which is what I did is I went you know did all my bottles and, and stuff like that the night before and then I went back and put them in the transition bags in the morning. So
0: Okay. Okay. So we're all checked in. We've got uh all of our uh practices out of the way. We are Are we staying close by to the race venue or how far are we away? Yeah, I
1: hotel? was um so I chose a hotel that was kind of in between my office and the race site. Um so I was less than 10 minutes away. It was like 7 or eight minutes away from the race site, So it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't, I, I didn't really want to walk there, but sort yeah. of drive. Yeah.
0: Okay. And and so for anybody who may be looking to do Ironman Arizona in the future, how was parking race morning? Was it, was there ample parking? Yeah. Was it hard to find a spot or? It
1: was the best parking experience I've had of the, oh. you know, four races that I've done um, for Ironman. So you know, a lot of the races, you're like parking in the grass and, you know, and then like mm-hmm. walking a mile to the transition kind of thing. This one, there was a parking garage. Well, there are multiple g- parking garages kind of close by, but there was one specific garage that's right across the street from the venue. And you had to pay, you know, a fee, obviously, during, like when you're just in the Ironman Village, the days leading up to it. But on race day, if you have a, a wristband, you park okay. for free. And so, oh, cool. so you know, so you're in a in a protected parking garage, which is great. And then you just yeah. walk across the street and then it's right there. The venue is right there. And so, um, I really like that. You know, you don't have to like worry about parallel parking or finding spots and um so that was very convenient. I really like that.
0: Super cool, super cool. Okay. So you mentioned that you had gone out there by yourself on the plane, uh, you went out a couple of days for work you met some Insta friends, Mm -hmm. uh, early on, you had a couple of, uh, friends that were racing with you. Did you have anybody else, family, friends, um, join you for the race?
1: Yeah. So my sister and one of my, one of my best friends came on Saturday. So they, they didn't show up until like late afternoon, you know, the day before the race. So, so I saw them for dinner. And they, they knew okay. and were very supportive, obviously that, that I, you know, you get into that zone where you're like, I got to get my nutrition ready. I got to make sure, every, you know, and I got to go to bed early as, you know, even though you may not yeah. sleep, but you do, you're trying to be a good doobie and, and do, you know, the right things the night before the race. So they, we had an early dinner, like literally like at five o'clock and then they got, they just kind of went off and I, I'm sure they went out to the bars. <laughs> I don't know what they did, but, but they left me in my room knowing that, uh, that, uh, you know, I had to get in my zone. So.
0: That's funny. So you made me think of something that I haven't, no, I don't think I've ever asked anybody. And it's something that I experienced last year, but I don't know that I've talked about too much. And that is how many time zones did you change from your normal time zone in St. Louis to the race time zone?
1: It was just one.
0: So it was one, In- but you, but you went the, the right direction, right? So you <laughs> gained an hour, That's right? right? Yeah. And so first is if you had gone to Maryland or Florida and you would have lost an hour. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is, so when I went to Oregon, I picked up two. And so even though I had to get up quote unquote early, it didn't seem early
1: yeah yeah yep right? right.
0: Because I was two hours in a better position, yeah. so did you notice the hour change at all?
1: yeah I you know the only reason I noticed it is because, um the week prior to that, actually, I think it's two time zones now I think about it, but we had just gone through daylight savings, and there so
0: oh, yeah, so
1: Tempe was only an hour off because I don't think they change. They don't ever switch.
0: Yeah, Arizona's got yeah, some weird so I'm not, I'm, uh, time times cuz I know earlier yeah. in the
1: year they were 2 hours behind. So anyway, so the week before the, the race, I had to go to California and that was 2 hours behind and then my body hadn't mm-hmm. readjusted and I turned around and went back to Tempe. So like my, I think my body was was in a state of confusion for a week and so so oh. I was just my my sleep was thrown off a little bit. Um, but yes, but it was very nice to to know that you are, you gain an hour you know so if you do get up super early or whatever like you you can you can adjust a little bit you know lay around or yeah. Whatever, so
0: yeah it was something i really didn't anticipate but i noticed it mostly on race morning where i i didn't feel like i was getting up mm. of course you you know when we're in training we always get up early right. anyway but it didn't feel like i had to get up any extra early sure. because i was i had already gained 2 hours okay. on the trip out there okay so Um, we're 10 minutes away from the, uh, venue. We can park in the garage across from the race, uh, hub, uh, transition opens around five, I'm guessing somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. Um, how, what time did you get to the transition area? We've already talked about the fact that it's a clean transition. So there's not a whole lot of setup that you can do, um, kind of talk us through, uh, race morning leading up to swimstar
1: Sure. So, so the plan was to get there right at five. Um, my sister and friend were going to take me and then, they, you know, they had other plans, but their plans didn't work out either. But what happened was we got, we left on time from the hotel and then didn't realize that there were additional road closures. And so we weren't uh, the only car that was redirected. Okay. So, but there were a couple of us trying to get there right at five. You could tell you could, and we were getting there, and the volunteer stops us. And, you know, he was pointing left and right up and down the couple cars in front of us. And then when it got to our turn to talk to him, he goes, Follow those two cars. They know where to go to kind of route you back around to that parking garage. And literally, I feel like we went. The longest possible way because we're like, why are we getting on the highway? Why is, you know, we feel like I'm, we're going in the opposite direction of where the race venue is, and somehow, you know, ten or fifteen minutes later, we ended up. You know, we figured out oh, like all goodness. the cars that were around. We've kind of figured out like, okay, this is the parking garage, so we parked. So we were delayed a little bit because of that, but like you said, because it's a clean transition, there wasn't a whole lot to do except for like I had to go find my transition bags to put the bottles of nutrition in there that I had mixed up the night before. And then really just wait for my friends and like put your wetsuit on and, you know, start getting nervous. Right. I mean like that, that's really. <laughs> exactly. You do, so.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So, um, we talked a little bit about nutrition. When do we start, um, taking in nutrition? Do we take in nutrition prior to the swim Um, are we, um, are we sticking with a particular product? Like what's our plan for the day?
1: Yeah. So I'm pretty boring. I do the same thing every time, but before a long workout or a race, I, I eat a Morton solid bar. I eat the chocolate flavored one. So I eat one of those, I ate a banana. Um, and then I had a Morton gel as I was like walking to swim start. So that's all I had in the morning. I didn't like overload myself. Um, and then, Uh um, my target during the race was to average 60 grams of carbs per hour. Okay. So, so
0: that very. Uh, On, on the bike and, on the bike and the run or. yeah, On the bike and the run. And I kind
1: of made up for it, you know, after the swim, when I was in the changing tent and transition, like trying to, you know, um, I had in my transition bag, 80 grams of carbs in the Morton drink mix. So as I was, you know, putting my socks on and stuff, I was, Drinking that to catch up because I had just done the swim without any, you know, like I could obviously, you can't take nutrition while you're swimming. So I did, you know, so yeah, I in transition, I made up for it.
0: Gotcha. And is this the same Morton that is usually available mm-hmm. on course, the yes. gels that they offer? Yes. Okay. And that's the reason So I you playing because I don't
1: want to, carry- yeah, I was I don't, ask- don't want to carry anything with me. I don't want to carry any on the run. So God, I just so, want to be able to grab So things. smart. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. That is so smart. Um, I don't do that. I might think about it because I use, uh, and I mentioned it on the podcast before I use, you can, I use, um, the, it was something that Scott Sugimoto, he, Scott Sugimoto wrote my nutrition plan, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, and I've just stuck with it ever since. And so I use the, um, the energy powder, and then the gels, which are the most disgusting. thing. I'm not sponsored by UCAN, so I can say this. They are gross. They are so gross. And yet you keep taking and, them, right? And yet I keep taking them. Well, it's because I bought a bunch of it, right? And I'm too cheap not to use it. That's right. And then uh, the and then there's like a hydration powder, which I actually like. But what I will do is I will supplement that with just the standard goo gel. True. I only I only eat the salted caramel. That's the only yes, flavor. That's the that only, that I only kind of goo I take too. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, but I've never experimented with the Martin to see how my body would adjust. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something I need to consider. Um, I don't, I think I'm good on the bike, um, between my bento box and my tri kit that has pockets, mm-hmm. but it's the run that I think I could benefit from being able to pick up nutrition yeah. along the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I, I, I trained with the Morton gels and i trained with gatorade endurance because i knew that's what they had on course
0: look at you so, pro move.
1: because i well i'm lazy i don't want to like i don't want to carry them. so <laughs> so the only thing i really brought with me was for the bike and it was the morton drink mix that i had some of and mm. then when i ran out of that i was grabbing the gatorade you know and that's awesome um, and then i had scratched shoes so i had them all counted out and i knew I how to eat so many so i just every so often i would pop some in my mouth while i was on the bike so i that's cool yeah
0: Cool. Okay. So, uh, we, we, we've got our wetsuit on, we've gotten everything, uh, together. We've, we took our, our bar and all that. Um, how far is swim start from transition?
1: It's close. I want to probably a 10th of a mile. So,
0: okay. So it's not like a long walk where you can get your body warmed up or anything like that. Okay. And, um, it's self seating where you get mm-hmm. an order as to your relative finish time. Okay. Did you and your friends stay in line together yes. or did y'all separate? Yeah. So together,
1: three of the four of us were close ish in, you know, in our predicted finish times based on our training. Okay. And the one, um, one of the guys, he was, he's was faster than us, but he was like, I'm just going to stay with you guys. So, you know i think it just kind I'm of not. feels you just feel better when you have somebody to talk to so you know cuz you're you're all oh, nervous. And so he just you know i don't know i don't remember what his predicted time was but i i don't know if it was far off from us you know but he just started with us so
0: that's cool yeah yeah it's definitely and you know everybody's different i can't see and so i'm really <laughs> uh I'm a lost cause, uh, to be honest with you. Um, But yeah, having somebody to talk to, even just because I get nervous, and so I want to talk when I'm nervous, and it just helps pass that time and everything. Okay. So where did you seed yourself? Okay.
1: So we all seated ourselves like the one forty to one fifty or something like that, or one forty five to one fifty, you know, somewhere around like the slow pokes. We were in the back.
0: Mm, Okay. And, um, we're, once the gun goes off or the cannon goes off, we're moving through the line pretty, pretty swiftly. Was it three at a time going in the it water four, or what was that? Four, like?
1: at a time. Um, four at a time. and so you had to kind of drop it off the little pier or a little deck, um, some people, I think, especially farther up in the line, they were just kind of jumping in, and then the people like me, we sat down and <laughs> lowered ourselves in the water. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, I think they started at 6.50 in the morning um, is when the cannon went off, and then they were, their goal was to have everyone in the water by 7.30. I think they missed it by a few minutes, but, um, because I okay. think we, you know, I think I went in, like, 7.28 or 7.29, you know, like, really close to 7.30, and I was near the back, but there was still Uh many people behind me, you know? So, so I think they were probably, they probably missed seven 30 by a few minutes.
0: Okay. But pretty efficient.
1: Yeah. Pretty efficient.
0: Okay. So, uh, you had the practice one the day before where you, um, had that little moment with the cold, uh, race morning, you know, we've got our adrenaline going and all these things. Like how, how was it when we got in the water, did we do our similar approach where we had our face out and all yes. that? Yeah. That's so, where we got the plan. That's, yes. that's exactly yep. right. There. So and, we developed that plan the day before. Yep. Right. That's right. Okay. And once we settled down, um, was it smooth sailing uh, into swim exit? Or did we, did we experience anything along the way? Like how did it go for yeah,
1: us? So it was largely smooth. Um, there was one little incident, you know, probably within the first 800 yards or so, where I, um, poked my head out to sight and there was a man right in front of me and he was like screaming for help. And you could tell he was getting frantic. He wasn't like sinking in the water or anything, but he was not happy. Um, and so I stopped and another guy also stopped, and we were treading water, um, trying to flag down a kayaker. And so we stayed there, I don't know, 60, 90 seconds. That's my guess. I don't know. I wasn't really counting it. You know, but yeah. um, make sure that a kayaker spotted him and had eyes on him and was, like, coming in his direction before we headed off. And so um, so that was really the only thing that was, like, that really, like, caused me to stop and pause. Um, nobody, okay. like, knocked my goggles off or anything like that. Um, I did counter a couple of backstrokers. Um, one guy had both arms flailing around, um, you know, and it was <laughs> – And so it's hard to get around him, you know, because his arms are, 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 his wingspan is, is big. And so those things were kind of annoying, but you know, like everybody kind of experiences that I did see a backstroker kind of going towards the shore and I kind of chuckled as I went by, but, um, but he was definitely way off course. And, um, but yeah, no, I I think else was pretty smooth. Um, I did notice that I was like drifting away from the, the buoys, you know, I'm like, why are the buoys? So like, why am I so far from the buoys as so I would wake away yeah. closer to the buoys and all of a sudden I would drift off again. But anyways, it That's was funny. fine. And, and I didn't, it, you know, I just kind of chug along at my little own speed and at my own rate and make my way around. That's funny. Yeah.
0: I, I, I know. And, and you know, I think it's, it's good advice to roll over on your back if you're struggling or whatever in, in backstroke, but that is probably the only uh technique that i would be worse at sighting than my current <laughs> right. swim style like i have no idea i would literally be on the the shore like you described yeah. that guy um i wonder i wonder how they even do that do you think they roll over i have no idea once I, in a while?
1: I know at the end of the race towards the end, i could see the swim exit um so i was that close there was a guy that got in my way cuz he was backstroking he wasn't sighting so he was zigzagging and i actually yeah When I actually passed him, I stuck my head out and I was like, you need to sight. I said that because, because he was like this, you know, and I knew he could hear me because his face was out of the water, but you know, it was just, it was irritating just because he, he wasn't even trying to sight. He was just backsliding, you know, and and
0: he's like, I'll get there eventually.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Except, you know, he might've gone completely off, but he wasn't really going in a straight line. He was doing this. So, yeah. Well, I can
0: Hey, I can totally appreciate the zigzag style. Like I, when I go back and I look at my Garmin data yeah. it is all over the it yeah. is all, it looks like a it looks like a EKG right. result and is I'm what true. it looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where it's all bouncy. Uh okay, so you came out of the water uh 14551. Uh so right in between the range Uh, that you predicted and you stopped to render aid to another fellow athlete. So how are you feeling? I mean, this is the first, this is your first full distance. This is the first, is this, I guess I'll stop and say, is this the first time you've swam 2.4 miles continuously? No,
1: I did it. You know, in a, in a practice swim, kind of like you were saying earlier, you're like, you want okay. to know you could swim that distance. You want to know you could run the okay. distance bike. So I, because swim is my weakest discipline, I, I was like, I got to swim that distance. I've done it in a pool once and I've done it in a lake. Okay. Once. So.
0: Okay. Okay. So it wasn't the very first time. So But, but
1: still had to, had to
0: have at least a sense of relief slash um confidence coming out of the water to know that you got what is arguably the hardest part of the race. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it for all athletes out there, no matter what your swim background, yeah. the swim is the hardest part I agree. of the race. I Yeah. Yeah. No, I was
1: super stoked when I got out of the water. Um, if you go look at my post um, about this one, you'll see a video of me running towards my sister. And I think I said to her, I didn't die. And, and so <laughs> at that point, um, I knew that unless I had like mechanical issues or I got injured or something, I knew I was going to finish. Even if it took me the entire oh, 16 yeah. hours and 40 minutes or whatever the time limit was for this race, I knew that I was going to, you know, like unless something yeah. happens, I was like, I got it. I know how to ride a bike, you know, and I know how to run slash walk or whatever, you know, like you know that you can make yeah. forward progress for the rest of the day until you cross that finish line. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, I told I, I, I have very few memories of Ironman, Texas, but that, that is a memory that I have coming out of the water, looking at my wife and saying, I I don't care what else happens the rest of the day. I finished that swim. So I will get this done. Yeah. hundred percent. So you, you grab your, uh, bag head to the tent. Yes. Right. Uh, are we doing a full change? Are we putting cycling gear on? Are we, uh, going to ride in the Suit that we swam in. I mean, obviously, you take the wetsuit off, but yeah. um, like, h- talk me through swim exit to bike sure. start. Yeah. So I
1: had the wetsuit strippers who are my favorite volunteers. They, you know, yes. they save you an enormous amount of time. So they took the suit off. I ran into the tent and um, I, my plan really was just to keep the tri kit on. I, I didn't bring any extra okay. clothes or anything. Um, it was a little chilly. Um, but I didn't have any options. So I put my socks on, you know, helmet. And I, I, the only thing I did, which I don't always do is to put the cycling gloves on because over the course of a hundred, hundred twelve 112 miles or whatever we were riding. um, I I found that if I go longer distance without gloves, my, my hands get, you know, your skin gets stretched as you're like going to different positions and anything like that. So I just had the gloves on for warmth and protection basically. And, um, gotcha. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So we're heading out to the course. We're feeling good. We were um and, and how is the air temperature at this point? Are we still upper 50s, lower 60s? Yeah, it was, is it, it the is the sun out? Is it cloudy? It was
1: the uh, It wasn't super sunny, but it wasn't like completely cloud I mean, It was, you know, partly cloudy. Um it was in okay. uh, my best guess is probably mid 50s. When I got out of the water, so it's like I said, cool. it was a little chilly. I mean, like you, you know, but because yeah. the air is so dry, you dry out fairly quickly. Like you know, you're not like drenched okay. for a long time. So,
0: okay, okay. And uh, I know that you had told me previously that the bike course was three out and back. loops or yeah. three out and backs, um, relatively flat. Yes, right. You um, you're on a road bike with arrow bars are you using the arrow bars? Um, or are you on your drops, your hoods? Like how, how do we spend the majority of our bike? So majority I was position? in
1: arrow. Um, okay. And you know, towards the end, you know, I, I, don't have a tri bike. So I don't really, I can't, I have nothing to compare it to, but like, I don't know, my shoulders get a little tired, you know, and I just, you know, you Mm -hmm. still want to be in that same position all the time, which I fully understand that being an arrow is like the best position to be in, especially on a flatter course. Um, but you know, I did go into my drops some, um, and then when the wind was behind me, sometimes I would just go on the hood, you know, and and ride uh, the way I like to on a road bike. Um, yeah. You know, even though it may not be the best position to be in for the, you know, for the most streamlined position or whatever, I just, you know, you sometimes you just kind of need to come out of it for a minute and, (laughs)
0: yeah it's that's so funny though that reminded me of something uh when i when i did the relay for ironman texas and i know that i've told you this i volunteered um for the rest of the way Mm -hmm. and it was a pretty windy day that year and it was it's typically windy in in galveston and you usually have the 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 bike runs the length of the coastline and so it's like 20 miles out, 20 miles back. And you either have a headwind going out or you have a tailwind going out, whatever. Right. And this guy, it was another cyclist. And he said something, something was said. And he was like, man, I don't understand. Why are all these people riding an arrow with a tailwind? He goes, I'm up right as catching as much. Yeah. He goes, I'm catching as much wind as I possibly can. And I was like, you know what? I never thought about that. And it would be interesting, like if any, if anybody has done any sort of, um, wind tunnel testing, like everybody, wind tunnels test against the headwind, but it would be interesting to know from a purely, um, you know, wind advantage when you're faced with a tailwind, should you come up out of arrow and try to catch (laughs) it? Yeah. Yeah. And he did. I, I totally forgot about that until you said it just now. But I do remember that guy saying that. And I was like, that's a pretty interesting uh, idea. I'm sure there's science behind (laughs) it. That'd be funny. Right. (laughs) So, there's got to be science behind it for sure. Maybe, maybe, Kat, what we could do is we could um, put together a proposal and we could get some grant money. There you go. (laughs) To actually study this. uh, And then we could be uh, legitimate scientists on top of bike mechanics and triathletes and all those things. Okay. So, um, at what point are we picking up our special needs
1: bag? So the special needs bag on the bike was available during loop two and loop three is what they told us. And so loop two would have been on the way back into town and uh, approximately it was, it was just past the halfway point. And so I stopped there, Okay. um, during loop two and I got half my nutrition out, you know, restocked stuff in my kit and everything. I ate a, an an Uncrustable, um, you -hmm. know, and, uh, I had another bottle of nutrition there. And so I drank some of that, like, it just had stuff that, you know, that I wanted to have with me. Um, and then I didn't realize, so during the athlete meeting, they made it sound like you can stop twice. They're like, it's available loop two and loop three.
0: Oh, And I was yeah, like, yeah, okay. that is a little so deceptive, plan- isn't it? Yeah. Dude.
1: And so my plan was to take half the nutrition out, stick it in my pocket and then come back in loop three and stop again and grab the rest of it. And if I wanted another Uncrustable that was there. So if I wanted additional, like something to eat, that was a little different. Yeah. What I so I stopped in the third loop and he was like, we threw your bag away already. I was <sighs> like, what? <laughs> Cause I had other things that I wanted in there, like pickle juice, just in case I cramp later in the run, you know? And so like, so they threw away like my extra pickle juice and my, you know, (laughs) so I was a little irritated there, but now I know that when they say it's available loop two or three, you can stop one time. (laughs) You can't stop twice. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to call attention to because I don't think that was an Arizona decision. I think that is an actual rule. Oh, really? That your your special needs bag is only available to you one, one time. time. Okay. And I think what they were saying was you had the option of two or three. It was probably just a little deceptive in how they said it. Right. So, I want to make sure we call attention to it so if you're listening to the podcast for the very and you're like, "Oh, what is it?" like I'm 99% sure that it is in fact only available to you one, one time. time. You just Good sometimes have the option of when you're going to get it. Um and the other thing too is they say very often that it's not like if you don't pick up your special needs on either loop, you can't get it later. Like yeah, you're not getting gone. it back. So don't put any yeah, so don't put anything in your special needs bag that you're not planning on getting. Um, I've heard of athletes putting shoes in their bag, uh, for the run. Um, so just know that you're, you're not getting them back, right? Right. It's not like your morning clothes bag or something like that, right? You ain't getting them back. Okay. All right. So you, you missed out on your second (laughs) Uncrustable, uh, of the bike course. (laughs) Cause it threw it away. Um, and there wasn't like a um in and out burger That's that you could have right. stopped at or anything like that. <laughs> so now we gotta make do with on course nutrition the rest of the way. Yeah. So we're just gonna power down some Martin Gels. Yep. Um <laughs> how do you feel like cause you do a lot of bike riding. Mm-hmm. You ride your bike a, a lot. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. How did you feel coming off of the the bike? Um, how did you feel that it went?
1: I actually felt pretty okay given so the wind was probably five to 10 miles an hour at the first out and back. And the second was probably like 10 to 15 miles an hour. And I swear by that third loop, it was like 25 miles an hour. It it, it just kept yeah. going up. And so, you know, I mean like you're, you're getting tired because, you know, and, and so I felt pretty good. I mean, like I was hoping to go a little faster, but I had to keep telling myself because I do like biking, cycling so much that yeah. I'm naturally going to push harder on the bike because I like it and I'm better at it. And and I had to give to yeah. tell myself you have to run a marathon. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's not like oh you can push really hard and then you could just go take a nap. It's like you have to run right. a marathon. So I just had to just hold back. And so I held back a good bit because I knew that I had several hours left after I got, got off the bike. So I actually felt pretty good. Um, I do have to tell you though, one of the proudest things I did on the oh for the whole race, but especially on the bike is at every turn, you go out and you turn, you come back at every turn. My plan was to grab a Gatorade. And because I had never done one of those flying handoffs, you know, where you're just like riding and you call out what you want and they give it to you. I was just going to stop and ask a volunteer for a Gatorade. And, um, but for some un known reason. I just decided to try one at the first turn. I'm like, I'm just going to call out. So I was like, Gatorade. And, you know, and, and the volunteer hold it out and I snagged it and I grabbed it. I was like, Holy crap. I just did one of those. I had never practiced. And then I did it the second time and the third time. So I was three huh. for three. I was really
0: nice. Fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good feeling when you can, when you can, when you can grab it successfully Yeah, don't fumble with it. Yeah.
1: Literally definitely. never tried it in my life. So.
0: And to be honest, um, I mean, obviously it's a skill cause you're, you know, you're riding with your bike, you're one handed, but it takes the right hold from the volunteer yes. too, to not mess that up as well. Right. So that's a lot of pressure on the volunteers right. at the, at the bike, on the bike course too, because they've got to, they got to let go of the bottle at the right time yeah. or hold it on the palm of their hand or yeah. whatever their technique is. But yeah, so there's a, I don't, I think I would be nervous, about volunteering at an aid station on the bike course because of that, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to mess that right. up. And cause you know, the, the potential for, uh, a serious, uh, you know, bike incident, yeah. uh, I mean, it's real. Cause right? if it
1: goes flying and drops and hits the guy behind you. Oh
0: like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So let me ask you this. Cause you do, you do ride your bike a lot. You live in St. Louis and I've seen, I see your pictures. It's pretty scenic out there. How was riding three loops or three out and backs? Was it was it hard mentally? Was it the same? I mean, was it, oh, it was pretty, but it was the same Joshua tree yeah. every uh, 15 miles or whatever? It was
1: actually okay for me. I don't like on a leisurely ride or ride with my friends here at home, I probably wouldn't prefer it. I don't want to go do the same thing three times, but yeah. for a race, it actually helps me break it up mentally, you know? So, so okay. I'm just like, okay, I'm a third of the way done, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. The wind, okay, the wind is really awful right now, but I'm going to get to turn around, you know, it's only like a miles and I get to turn around and there's going to be a tailwind, you know, like, so, so it mentally, yeah. it helped me break it up and, and, so I think that was fine. Um, three loops on a run will probably annoy me more <laughs> because I don't like running and cycling. So, yeah,
0: I mean, I think, and and so that's a good point. the The reason I think the three loops on the run is an advantage is because they can pack the spectators into yes. a tighter r- radius, and yes. I think that's the advantage. It's it's in no way the advantage to the actual runner, yeah, but the benefit that the runner gets from the, uh, higher density of the spectator is an advantage. For sure. Um, so when you were describing the three loops on the bike, I was like, you know, I don't know that I've ever done two loops on a bike course, except for when I did a local, I, when I did the local, local Olympics, all my other 70.3s have been either an out and back or. A loop yeah. of some sort. Yeah. Um. I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever done multiple loops, uh, on a bike course. I don't know how. I don't know how I'd feel. Yeah. I was just curious. It, it
1: helped me uh, really. It, um, to break it up mentally. Now you know. Okay. Was it kind of boring by the third? Th- yeah. I mean, by the third loop, you're like, "Yep, seen that. Seen that before. Seen that before." But um, gotcha. But mentally, I know, it. like, okay, I'm this far in. I'm this far in. Only one more loop. Okay. That's
0: fair. Okay. So you ended up with a uh six thirty nine fifty-seven um bike split. So you're you're out of the water, you're you're feeling good. Um we didn't mention it. You had a fifteen minute a fifteen minute flat T one, which is weird. I've never it's very rare that someone's on a like a flat number yeah, like I that. I
1: totally took my um, flat in T one. I mean I didn't I didn't rush through anything <laughs> if you can't tell. I took fifteen minutes. I was just like whatever, you know, <laughs> drinking my nutrition. I, did, I was just digging it all in. I, it was an absolutely well in T1. And
0: I think I, I think T1 is always longer than yes. T2 for some reason. And I look at numbers a lot, right? Because we I, I host a podcast. And yeah. This is what we talk about. Um, yeah, so I don't think 15 minutes is incredibly, incredibly long. Um, I looked at my plaque. They don't have our transition times. My, I did a complete... Change of clothes. Oh, I was probably do. twenty. You know, if there was a cutoff for transition, I might have just barely made it. To be <laughs> honest with you, yeah, I, I was, I was not focused on being speedy at all. Yeah. Um. But you had a you had a pretty uh, efficient T two. You had a five forty eight. Uh, T two. So when you come off the bike. Do they have somebody there catching your bike for you? They take yes. a, take your you bike off. It oh, It's so
1: great. How you sweet is that? Yeah. You don't have to like find your spot in transition or anything like that. And the great thing know, is so nice when I um, you can see it in my Instagram post and in my bike recap is my sister and my friend were volunteering, and um, nice. they were volunteering at the swim exit doing the wet suit stripping. But then you know, like, they just decided to stay, and they literally were doing every job that needed help. That is so and cool. so my friend was actually holding the megaphone calling out your bib number because what they do is they call oh out your my bib God. number and um, the volunteer runs over and grabs your transition bag for you, you know, by your, so, so that is um, so cool apparently my sister went and grabbed my bag and she knew my bib number. So there, there's no need to call it, right? Because my sister was there. Yeah. Um, so my friend, when she saw me, you can hear it in the video. She says, Can Heimberger, woot, woot. You know? <laughs> Oh So, sweet. so that, was, that was funny. I didn't realize that's what she was doing. I heard her say it, but I uh-huh. didn't know that she was actually calling out bib numbers for everybody else except for me. You
0: know? That is so, so funny. That was fun, yeah. that was fun
1: well, to, to see that.
0: Well, awesome that your, your, um, your sister and your friend were, uh, kind enough to hang around and do more volunteer yeah. duties. Cause obviously we know we can't have races, but volunteers, right. but super cool that, uh, your sister was able to get your bag and your friend was able to give you a little bit of a personal yeah. shout out yeah. there. That's pretty cool. I've not, I've not experienced that because at 70.3, they don't have the megaphones. Right. They don't call the numbers <laughs> and all that stuff. So that's, that is really, really cool. Okay. So we got our transition bag, um, we're, we're quick through transition. Is it pretty much just shoes and shoes, race hat number at that point? Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, shoes, not a lot, Yeah, right? the bib,
1: the hat, sunglasses, and I was off, you know, I just restocked okay. my nutrition to, you know, so yeah.
0: Okay. What kind of, uh, what kind of shoes are we running in? Hocus. Okay. So you're running Hocus. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And, um, and how did the run go? Because I got to be honest with you, Kat, as you know, I was tracking you on race day.
1: <laughs> I got slower and slower. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, actually, so I don't, you know, you were race day is race day and we've all experienced it and whatever. And so, um, I was actually tracking you and I was tracking two other athletes mm-hmm. and there was a point in the race where the tracker couldn't find you. That's it what it literally said. me. Yeah, it literally, and so I, I text you. I was like, "Are you okay?" Oh, because at that point, it looked like it had gone an hour since the oh, last geez, time that long. it had. Yeah, it was a long time. Oh wow! And so I was like, "Oh no, right. something must have happened." Uh, and so I didn't know. And so you text me back. I think you text me back a, l- a little later. You're like, "Yeah." And it was almost like, "Why would you ask?" Yeah, I didn't know uh, uh, It was going to
1: during the race. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, but yeah, it was it was enough time to where, and I forget how the tracker words it, um, but it's basically like they don't know where you are at that point. You know, it's funny and that I was you like, said oh, that
1: no. <laughs> because there was a big text thread of family and friends that were virtually tracking, um, and yeah. my sister and friend, were they were part of that group, so they were texting pictures that they took of me or, like, updates, like... She looks like crap, or or she sprung <laughs> off the bike, or whatever. Like they were visually laying eyes on me and giving those updates. And so there, I was reading yeah. through the threads after, and and there was, you know, somebody did say, where does she go? You know, like the tracker stopped yeah. working. Like did she go to the medical tent? You know, and my coach, was, he made some funny comments, but he was like, maybe she went in the porta potty. Sometimes they lose signal in the porta. I'm like, no. And my sister responded. <laughs> She's so. not going in the porta potty. Like she is going to pee on herself. I mean, like so. That's, it's just kind of funny that really like funny. all this this commentary. But yeah, no, I was fine. I never, um, I never got hurt or anything enough that that I had to like remove myself. <laughs> Obviously, because I finished. Okay. It, but
0: yeah, yeah. But so it was. It, you know, and that's one of the. It's 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 one of the advantages of the being able to track somebody through the progress. But then you also um, – you run into that and you're like, oh, no. And I went through the similar deal with Chris Tubbs. Chris Tubbs did Cozumel. Yeah. And uh, he, he ended up actually pulling himself out of yeah. the race. But it was a similar deal. He went through you, you checkpoint, checkpoint, checkpoint. All of a sudden, there's, there's like a nothing, long straight stra- yeah. and you don't know. And so you hate to, but you always like – for whatever reason, you assume the worst yeah. at that point. And I was like – and I, you know, I knew that you had had – um, some little niggles here and there, and you just don't know race day. And I was like, Oh no. Um, so obviously I was glad when I saw that you finished and, and all of that stuff. So overall, how would you say the run was?
1: Um, the run was fine. I, um, I'm not like super thrilled with, um, my time on the run. Um, but I had to, um, I had to really watch it because, my legs felt okay off the bike because i I saved myself for the off the bike I didn't push super hard, I was like right. so I had legs left, but ten miles around ten miles I don't know exactly when but around ten miles in, I was coming down a slight incline, and I felt mm-hmm. my left knee like you know like it threatens to give out, you know, it just feels a little yeah. bit weak but it, i didn't, I didn't totally collapse or anything, but it was just one of those like oh, okay, like and so I knew I was like you know, if I was just doing a run around here or something, I would, I would be like, okay, I'm just going to tough it out and do it. You know, but I was like, no, I have like 16 miles left, you know, like I can't, I can't yeah. so, so that's when I started kind of run walking. Not that I was, you know, I, I was walking through every aid station anyway, but like, um, that's when yeah. I, I was just like, you know what, don't try to break 14 hours or don't try to do this. Like just do the best you can and run when you can and then walk when you need to and don't feel bad about it because you don't want your knee to give out and then you have to DNF, you know? (laughs) So, so, um, so anyway, so yeah, so that's, so that was slightly disappointing, but really honestly, at the end of the day, I was thrilled, right? Like I I finished and, um, uh, you know, I, I would have liked to have my, my runtime faster than that, but it was, I was thrilled that I, you know, I got across that finish line and I didn't, I wasn't seriously injured and, you know, so.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. So let me ask you this. We talked about the fact that you you'd done the 2.4 mile swim. We know you've ridden 112 miles, not a problem. And I should know this, but I don't. Have you run a marathon no. before? <laughs> no. Okay. So at the end of the day, you set a PR on the That's marathon. That's
1: right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so no, I, we, let's not lose sight of that. Yeah. The furthest I had gone was 21 miles. And my coach really, honestly, had my longest run at like somewhere between 16 and 18 miles. And I was like, I feel like I need to run more than that because like you said, you just want to prove to yourself mentally, like I did this. I know I can do this, you know? And he was like, if you want to run 20, you can, you know, like, he's like, you don't need to, you're physically ready. You know, I was like, okay. So then I went out that one day and did my, did 20, but then I think I was like a mile away from the car. So I ended up running 21, but like, you know, I had never run longer than that going into the race
0: that's funny. So yeah, PR. So you ended up with a f- <clears throat> a 5:40:17. Very respectable, especially for a run walk at the end of your very first Ironman uh race. Um so let me ask you this and we I didn't ask you in the beginning of the podcast and I didn't ask you before in our in our our first attempt at recording the podcast yesterday or any of the conversations that we had leading up to it. But did you have a time goal set for yourself prior to the event or were you in that camp of, I just want to finish?
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't have a specific time goal. Um, I I didn't want to do it in like, I didn't want to take 16 hours to do it because I knew I, you know, um, but I knew I probably wasn't going to like break 12 hours or anything like that. So I didn't have a specific goal, but I just wanted to go out there and really take it in because it was my first experience, you know? And so I didn't want to go in with like head down, race it you know, kind of thing. And, and the, which is the same thing I did in Memphis when I, which was my first 70 point theory it was like, just go out there and like, enjoy it. And if you feel like you can push at certain points, go push. And if you don't want to, and you're just having fun, just go have fun and just like, and just, cause I want to remember it. And so, yeah. um, so I, I just, I didn't have specific, I just really wanted to finish. And, um, at one point, you know, when I came off the bike, I looked at my, t- all my time on my watch and I was like, I might build a break 14, you know? And, um, and yeah. if, you know, and it was one of those, okay, well, let's keep chugging along and see how you feel. And then, then my knee went and I was like, okay, forget it. Like, you know, let's not kid ourselves yeah. and, and and then get yourself seriously injured to the point where you can't train afterwards, or it takes super long to heal, you know, to recover or whatever. So, um, yeah,
0: there'll be more races. Yeah. You got to <laughs> save yourself to fight again That's another right. day. That's right. And, and while you didn't, uh go sub 14 and i didn't write down your exact time i know you went sub 15
1: yes it was, was like 14 20 something yeah, yeah.
0: so you're good yeah so let me ask you this um we're t- 10 days uh, 10 days out or something like that right you've had time to process it is there anything that you would have done differently um if you had had if you had the opportunity to go back and race the same race on the same day is there anything that you would do different
1: yeah, I, I would have pushed harder on the bike. I would have pushed okay. harder on the bike, but again, okay. I had never put all three together at those distances, and I just didn't know yeah. what my legs would feel like on the run because I never run the marathon distance. Yeah, and, you know, so um, uh, yeah, I would have probably upped my effort on the bike. Okay, yeah,
0: and I think it's one of those things where you you, you have to you know, experiment with a few things. Yeah, so yeah. obviously while I've only done the w- one full distance, I've, I've been experimenting with the 70.3s and mm-hmm. I've, I've pushed hard on the bike and I've paid for it on yeah. the run. And then I took it a little easier on the bike and I really didn't gain much on the <laughs> run. And so now I'm back to, well, it's just racist. You know, yeah. let's just do it as hard as we can do it. Right. Yeah. Because every course is different. Um, would you do Arizona again?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I would. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's a great venue. Um, the wind is a killer. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, the, the water's a little dirty. I think when we talking Uh about the picture I posted of the, the things that we floating around the water. I I think that,
0: yeah, I think that was in our, that was in our practice (laughs) uh, (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you, you sent me a picture of, A couple days before the race, you're like, "This is the water I get to swim in," and it had an old shoe and a couple other a couple other items floating in the water. Yeah, there was
1: a shoe, Uh, a water bottle. Um, I think you said
0: a gourd, a gourd, gourd. yeah, like a butternut squash
1: or something, and a dead fish. Yeah, Yeah. there might have been one.
0: Yeah. There's probably more than one dead fish, uh, yeah. to be honest with you, <laughs> in that water.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
0: but you didn't, get, you didn't get sick. You didn't nope. get dysentery or whatever that is that you get yep. from uh, swimming in some of these Iron right. Man races. Right. <laughs> well, Jenna, Jenna hasn't been able to join as much as uh, she would have liked to. So she was not with us tonight. But if she was here today, she would ask. Are you getting the Iron Man tattoo now? I know the answer to this question because you texted me already. But for the listeners out there, are you getting the Iron Man
1: tattoo? Yes, I actually got it yesterday.
0: Nice. Oh, you
1: got it. Yes. So we were we had our practice
0: uh, podcast yesterday, and it didn't. We didn't make it that far into (laughs) conversation. (laughs) We didn't get that far. (laughs) And so I know when we were talking through text message, you you were you. You weren't sure where you were going to get it. You were leaning toward the traditional, uh, M dot. What did you end up getting and where did you, where did you get it?
1: Yeah. So even as I walked into the tattoo parlor, I didn't know what the tattoo would look like or didn't know for sure where the location was going to be either. But, um, I ended, I, I wanted, I knew I wanted something simple, um, not Mm -hmm. too big and, um, you know, and I wanted something in the tattoo in the or either next to the M dot or in the M dot to, to kind of represent Arizona because it's my first. Yeah. And so yeah. so the tattoo artist actually just did the outline of the M dot. And then, like, there was a little cactus like in the as part of the M. So, oh, so I'll send you the picture, cool. but like you can see it on. I think I posted it last night in my story. So you probably can still catch it on my story. Um, but nice. And then I ended up getting it like on the outside of my right ankle.
0: Cool, cool, and and this is probably an inappropriate question, but this wasn't your first tattoo.
1: No, this was my third.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. You had one on your arm, right? Yeah, I have a couple on my
1: arm. Yeah, so that's what I thought. Okay. But yeah, so no, okay. that was, um, you know, it, it's uh, you know, I know you have one, and it's just one of those things. Where you're like, yeah. I earned it, you know. <laughs> so yeah,
0: and, and it's so funny because, um, and I think I've mentioned it before, but I wasn't originally like I was so naive to so many things. when I did it, I didn't even realize that the Iron Man tattoo was a thing when I did my full. Yeah. and it was my boss's wife, Jennifer asked me if I was going to get it. And I was like, I don't know. And that's exactly what she said to me. She said, but you earned it. And I, and it was at that moment yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm getting it. And I did, I went out made an appointment and uh, I got it. And now I have to get it fixed. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't shared this on the podcast before, but last year when I was dealing with um, my ankle, which turned out to be my calf, mm-hmm. um, I had I had real-type calf muscles, I bought one of those cupping uh-huh. devices off of Amazon that has the red light therapy in it, Yeah, and I fell asleep <laughs> with it on my calf. And I had placed it right on my tattoo because oh, that's, it's on my calf and it blistered the bottom corner so bad that, and Kat, I've, I've paid good money to have another tattoo lasered off.
1: I feel like you've told this me that. blister.
0: <laughs> this blister removed the bottom corner of my M dot no, tattoo. No Swear to God, it's missing oh part, of, God. part of the tattoo. I can't get the other one lasered now off. Now you
1: know how to so, remove a tattoo, right?
0: <laughs> no, that thing hurts so bad. Yeah, I could put that cup thing on there. No. Uh, but yeah, so now I have to go, I have to find somebody that can fix it. And the reason it's complicated, because I, I as I sent you, I sent you the, the picture I sent you was the day that I got it. Yeah. It has the Texas flag in it. Yeah. And it's got a lot of shading. And this is actually my second um, incident with the tattoo. Something happened, I think, right after I got it, and I scratched it, and it got infected. Oh, no. And it ended up scarring through the flag as well, but it's kind of hidden because of the shading. Yeah. But now it's actually missing part <laughs> of the outline of the corner. Yeah, it's like, stupid. I got to get it fixed. Um, but that's, uh, that's for another day, I yeah. guess. I don't know. Okay, so we get to the race. We get all done. We get our tattoo. What's
1: next? Meaning the next race? It just well, I mean, what's <laughs> up?
0: What's up next for you? We're coming into the winter. Are you just maintaining? Do you have your sights on anything? Are you just looking to next year? Yeah. Like what's What's up next? So, for
1: you? Um, as far as um, yeah, I do want to maintain a pretty high base you know, fitness level. Um, I, I, think I've told somebody this, that I, I, would always want to at any point be able to go run a half marathon,
0: you know, like, and, and not feel dead, yeah. right.
1: So, so, um, yeah. I want to maintain that type of fitness level. So, you know, I don't, I mean, obviously it doesn't require tons of like volume to, you know, yeah. to do that. Um, so that, and I also want to focus on efficiency in the pool because obviously I'm slow, as we've discussed multiple times on this podcast. So I want to make sure I, you know, focus on some of that. So maybe get, getting some lessons, or I don't know, doing something. To, mm-hmm. I haven't decided yet, but I'm gonna do that, and then um, try to put on some muscle. Just because when you're doing endurance and high volume endurance activities, you tend to lose some muscle. I don't know that I've lost any this mm-hmm. this training cycle, but I just want to. I can focus more on lifting. Um, cause I have a little more time, you know, but my, um, I am going to race 70.3 Oregon in July. Um, but before yes. Oregon, like, um, two weeks before Oregon, because I'm really smart, um, I'm probably uh-huh. going to do the triple bypass, um, bike ride. And I think you should join me. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. So yes. So you, you did mention that to me last night and I actually did look it up. And, uh, I actually told a coworker of mine who also rides his bike and he's thinking about it as Yay. well, because I told, I told Josh, I was like, you know, I, it's on my list of things that I want to do, but I don't want to do it by myself. Right. And so doing it with you and your friends may, is probably my best opportunity to do there it. And it's well within drivable in my van. Uh, so How I mapped it out. It's is. 12. It's 12 hours. Okay. And so I would do it in two days, right? So I would drive Mm -hmm. up, stay over, and then finish the drive the next day. So I did look it up. It's on Saturday. I think it was July 13th, uh, 2024. Uh, yeah, I actually did do some research on it today. So while obviously I'm nowhere ready to sign up for it, I have to finish my road bike. I have to That's right, you got to have a bike to ride. And all that, <laughs> I need a bike. I definitely need a bike. I'm not taking a tri-bike no, to ride God, the, triple, the triple bypass. Yeah. No, no. I looked it up. It's 110 miles and 10,000 feet of elevation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will not be riding my bike Yeah,
1: and you, when, um, I'll probably yeah. get there early um, and stay with my cousin. But I, I think acclimating to that, you know, yeah, uh, is going to be important too. Yeah. um,
0: And so I I listened to the crushing iron podcast mm -hmm. and that question has come up a couple of times. And what coach Robbie says is you either want to get there when you race at elevation and Boulder is probably a good example. You either want to get there a week ahead of time to acclimate. Okay or get there the day before and your body just doesn't even have time. Yeah. You want to go other way. What you don't want to do is get there like three days before because then you're stuck in that in between. That's according to him.
1: Would you be at a detriment if you get there the day before though? And then you start. I think it's one of those
0: things where it's so fresh. You don't even notice. You just don't even notice the change is what is, was his theory behind it. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I considered depending on how schedules work out, um, I think it would be cool to go up and spend a couple of days in Colorado Springs yeah, yeah. Uh, and then go up to Denver and right. so over. And so I don't know, maybe I could make a week out of it. Yeah. Um, we'll just have kind of have to see how some things, yeah. uh, with work shake out. Yeah,
1: I mean, I can work um, remotely. So I, I, I think my plan right now is to go to Denver yeah. and then kind of make my way up to the higher elevation, you know, um, yeah, me, so
0: That's that's super cool. So I might see you there. I might see you in Memphis. I will not see you in Oregon, but But you'll track uh, me. (laughs) I will definitely track you. Oregon was a fantastic experience. I hope your experience in Oregon is was as good as mine was. But if nothing else, be prepared for a personal best (laughs) swim time for sure. Like that is there's no way around that. Yeah. Uh, you will set, uh, your, your fastest swim time. So that's super cool. Okay. Uh, I, uh, anything that we didn't cover? I don't think so. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, it was, it was great catching up with you. I mean, I, obviously we communicate semi-regularly, but it's, it's good to see you. It was good yeah. to hear your story. Uh, obviously, you know, getting the opportunity to, um, uh, really walk through the experience of the first, uh, full distance is always, that's a cool thing. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day, um, to share your experience with me and with all of the listeners. So, um, go hit those weights (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) stay healthy and, uh, who knows, maybe I'll see you in Evandale. I think it's called
1: Colorado. I think so.
0: Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, then, Kat. Be safe. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story, you can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.